Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Devi Marketplace Podcast. Kane, Shane, Nelly back with you again. And a little bit different this time. We're not going to be talking as much rookies. Well, there's going to be some rookie talk. We're not going to talk as much Devi. To be honest, there's probably going to be no Devi talk. Uh, but we're going to talk some dynasty football. Um, some dynasty fantasy. It's one of the biggest markets that that uh, kind of feeds the Devi beast. Uh, that, that we like to talk about, but we have to talk about Dynasty because that's a big portion of our game. We can talk constantly about which Devi players are going to be really good, but you need to make sure that you're making the right moves on the Dynasty side or else it doesn't really matter if you're making one good pick around in a Devi league. Right, Shane? Yeah, hey, look, you 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 know you have to do some of that legwork, that dynasty legwork, if you actually want to win. You can have the best Debbie drafts ever, but um, a lot of the trading in season, I mean, that's what that's what we're about. So I think it's uh, I think it's a good show. Every once in a while, to kind of check yourself and always spark some ideas for me to make trades and make things happen. And I'm just gonna get this out ahead of time. We're gonna try not to talk as much about Tua because I don't need to hear Nelly say Tua probably shouldn't be on your fantasy team right now. I don't yeah, I'll get it out of the way once. He shouldn't sell him. Sell him. <laughs> He's worth more. No more Tua talk. <laughs> I feel like Tua is the guy now, and it was like Carson Wentz like three years ago for you. I feel like there's just one quarterback every year where you're like, you, he probably shouldn't be on your team because the value is higher than his production output will ever be. Yeah, you just have to be a year ahead of everyone else in terms of almost public consensus on how they feel about the quarterback. Yeah. Well, remember we hated Tua for a while. I believe uh, Twitter was not kind to Tua for a very long time. And then all of a sudden he gets Tyreek Hill. Nothing else has changed other than the coach and Tyreek Hill. And they're like, ah, maybe he's pretty good. <laughs> he's like, okay, this is different. Like he just got a wide receiver. <laughs> That's neat. Uh, but let's let's get into it. We have our dynasty friend, our good dynasty friend, Memphis, hopping on the podcast with us today to talk some dynasty fantasy football because, you know, sometimes you just got to travel down to Memphis. It's uh, it's lovely this time of the year, and it's lovely to be here with all of you fine athletes talking dynasty fantasy football and a quick synopsis on Tua. He is Polynesian Baker Mayfield. He is Polynesian Jared Goff. We're all, we're all I, there. I love it. I think one <laughs> thing that uh, gets talked about a lot, but I'm curious to hear all of your thoughts on this. How many top tier quarterbacks do we actually have? Right. If you if you say that I want to leave fantasy, let's say that you you're in a super flex startup draft, right? That you're saying I want two of the top blank. Right, I want two of the top eight quarterbacks. I want two of the top ten quarterbacks. Kind of, what's that line for you? What's that look like, Memphis? Well, for me, I do it a little bit. I, I definitely want one of the top eight, if if at all possible. I have this philosophy I've been using the last two years. I uh, we were joking before we hit the record button about baseball. I'm a baseball fan, and uh, my my son plays baseball, and I like to do my QB two like a bullpen. I want my ace. I want my I want my Josh Allen. My you know, Lamar, Patrick Mahomes, whoever, that's my ace, right? And then I'll take all the scrubs. I'll take all the dudes everybody takes, and I'll take three or four of those guys. Give me Kirk Cousins. Give me give me Derek Carr. Give Even Tua or Jared Goff, I don't care. And then I'm going to play my stud every week, and then I'll just play the best matchup of the rest. Because it just seems like I would love – I mean, don't get me wrong. We would all love to have that perfect, you know, roster where you have Mahomes and, and Justin Herbert. It's kind of hard, especially in a startup. So uh, I don't mind having one ace and then a couple of uh, two or three rotational guys. Nelly, I feel like I already know your answer. Yeah, I mean, in terms of how many elite guys there are, uh, and there's kind of a tier within the elite tier because I think people view Mahomes and Allen separately, but I think there are six total. Um, and And in terms of applying that strategy, just very briefly, I think – I think if you're in a startup, it's expensive to move up to get two of those guys. But I think ultimately my perspective right now on how I'm building my teams is I, I like 
having two of those guys and filling in the blanks any, everywhere else. And like, I realize that it's, it's expensive, right, to get two out of the six or two out of the seven guys. But after the draft, it is going to be so much more expensive if you want to get that second elite talent. Right. Like it's cheaper to do it in the startup draft than it's going to be as soon as the startup draft ends, because then you're I, actually putting names to picks. That, 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 that's a great way of looking at it, though. Um, the, the, the startup draft is as cheap as you're going to get anybody. And the next cheapest time is going to be your rookie draft, because it, it, you can get away with it now while we're just doing startup drafts and soon to be doing rookie drafts. But the minute you get like to August, you know, people are like, Oh, oh hell, good hell. I, I need another QB. And and then prices go up. So I think that's very well said, especially given that it's the end of March, first of April, that range. You're even if you're in an existing league, you're not going to find a cheaper time to go kick tires on QBs, even good ones, than you are right now. It's a great point. Like Shane, I know you're leaving startup drafts with like Mac Jones and which other quarterback? Oh, I mean, I, I like I like to dip into the you know, um, Dan, yeah, Daniel Jones. I think is another good one. We can just to get all the Joneses. Let's just take them all. You know, hook That's it true. up. Um, yeah, I, I kind of fall right in the middle. Like Memphis said eight, and Nelly said six. I kind of see seven, just because I'm not quite there. Maybe with Deshaun Watson yet with on the Browns. Maybe, maybe it's a little Browns bias coming out, but uh, they always find a way to screw it up and it's, it's poorly. But um, you know, I, but I, I don't mind. I think I think there are a lot of viable strategies for that. Like we can go up and, like you said, get two of those top six, seven, eight uh, quarterbacks. Um, I think that's viable. I think it's viable to go the other way, like Memphis said, and, um, you know, get that elite guy and make that move if you need to. But then kind of play matchups with with the QB twos of the world and the you know, stinky Daniel Jones, Mitch Trubisky's of the world. Um, and, and I think that kind of middle tier almost dies a little bit like that between those guys, those players, those low end QB ones. Um, are they really QB ones? Do we really know? A lot of them are just projecting. So I think it gets really tough if you don't have, if you have two of those top like eight, I mean, you're, you're sitting pretty and you're got to be in the driver's seat of like a top four team, no matter what the rest of your roster is. Well, let me I ask like... you guys. Let me ask you a question, real quick, Kane or, or anybody. Where, where do you guys know you guys are the Debbie players? So you tend to maybe err on the side of the younger guys. Where do you guys see the the Matt Stafford now that he's got the extension? You got Russell Wilson. I'm going to leave Rogers out of it. He's like 38 years old. So where, where where do you have those two guys? Would you consider them quote unquote elite at this point in their career? Or are they just outside that band? I personally, I think they're just outside just because in dynasty value, right? Because I only care about value. They're just right outside just because of that age part, right? If if you give me Matt Stafford six years ago in the system that he's in now, yeah, he'd be 100% in that conversation, right? He'd be that top six, top seven, top eight guy. But right now, I think the really, really interesting thing that we have is like those guys that you just mentioned are now like lumped in with like just out. So if we just take out like the top eight, then we have like Trey Lance, we have um, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. And then we have Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers and Ryan or not Ryan Tannehill. um, Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford. Yeah. So then you have like that collection. And I think it's interesting how the young player that, hasn't proven themselves is equal to or or even worth just a little bit more than like that 31 33 34 year old quarterback that's consistently been producing at at a high level i think it's interesting how how those equal each other when in reality right i'm just gonna i'm gonna set this right up for for nelly here because i know he's gonna lose it um in reality right you could tell me I think you could tell all of us that if that let's say Trevor Lawrence never has a quarterback one season, right? Is never top 12 in points per game or total points or any stat you want to look at, right? I don't think that surprise anyone, but Nelly, why are we paying those prices? Um, why are we paying those prices? Um, uh, I mean, 
frankly, I don't really know. Um, I don't really think that we should be paying those prices. Um, I think part of it is rose-colored glasses, right? We see the incredible prospect that Trevor Lawrence was. We see, you know, he, he showed signs at times, I, I guess, um, if you want to look, like, if you're looking deep and you're looking for good things, you can see that. And you can also see the fact that he had a bad situation. You can make excuses for him and you can hope that he's going to be good. Um, but you're right. I think we overvalue, well, I don't know if this was the point you were making, but to piggyback off of that, I think we overvalue potential and we undervalue true production. Um, and I think, I think going back to circling back quickly to the, the question Memphis asked, I think a, a, and a truly elite quarterback is a quarterback who has the potential to be the quarterback one on the season. Someone who's putting up 26, 27, 28 fantasy points per games. And, and the, I think unless you have that, that little bit of rushing upside that, that the elite guys provide and that the old guys don't provide anymore, I just don't think that's in the, uh, the range of outcomes. Right. So l- let's talk for a second, right, about this, this these road, rose-colored glasses, right? I, I'm not sure you would have found anyone that loves Trevor Lawrence more than I do, right? Before before Trevor Lawrence, um, like during his rookie season, I traded the 105 and Joe Burrow for tr- for the 101 for Trevor Lawrence, right? And it's, n- it's not because of where he was landing. Like we knew the landing spot was shit, right? But he is a really, really good talent, right? And and that's that's true. But we also have, you know, 15 to 20 really, really good talents at the quarterback position. And some are just in much, much better spots with much, much better weapons than anyone else. So I made this trade. And uh, Memphis, I'm curious to, to see what you think. So this is in a super flex uh, tiered PPR. So one point for receivers, point and a half for running backs, two points for tight end. And I traded away Trevor Lawrence and Stefan Diggs for old man Tom Brady and CMC. Uh, I, I take the CMC side if you're trying to contend. Like if you're trying, and I would have done it in season, uh, if, if that makes sense. I, I, I am like, uh, we'll use an example of what the Raiders just did of getting like a Devontae Adams or Miami getting Tyreek Hill. I'm a big fan of getting those veteran championship pieces in season. Um, but I, if, if you're trying to win, I don't hate that at all. That's You're, you're doing what you got to do. Right, so that gives me quarterbacks of Tom Brady and Jalen Hurts with five or six top 24 running backs and, you know, Jamar Chase and Hawkinson and Dawson Knox. and Right, so it's, it's a team ready to compete in a start 11 league. Um, but I think this just goes to the point that Nelly was talking about, that we overvalue the, the production, or excuse me, we overvalue the, the age and don't really care about the production as much, right? Because, Shane, if, if Trevor Lawrence never has a top 12 quarterback season, like this trade's a runaway, isn't it? It is. Uh, but, like, that's – I think that's what the youth gives you um, is and, – and I'll even say beyond the top 12 quarterback season, because you're right. If Trevor Lawrence never makes that step, I mean, you're going to win that trade hands down. I also think volatility plays a role. Russell Wilson and Matthew Stafford are volatile fantasy starts, right? Um, they they don't have a floor. Matthew Stafford can score you five points in a week. We saw that last year. Russell Wilson can score you less than that in a week. And that's very rare from the elite quarterbacks that we talked about. You know, I mean, Dak Prescott, even on his bad days, generally got you a decent amount of points or at least enough to carry you over. And I think that's, that's, that's another thing that you weigh with this is okay. That volatility is definitely there for Trey Lance, for Trevor Lawrence. And we don't even know if they can maybe hit the heights of what Stafford and Russell Wilson can do, but you're kind of hoping that the youth translates into a guy that can become an elite quarterback. I think it's, um, I, I think it's doubtful that Matthew Stafford and Russell Wilson, um, become as Nelly said the QB one of the season because they're going to have some down weeks that's going to stop them from being the QB one overall 
uh, for the year, right? The number one overall quarterback. So I think that's another part that plays into it that we don't talk about too much is like having to start those players week to week. Um, Cause I can, I can take Trevor Lawrence. I can take Trey Lance. I can take them on my team and just not start them if they're still not good. And, you know, maybe I have a lost asset like the guy that you just traded Trevor Lawrence to could have. Uh, but then if he does hit that elite spot, I have that player. Because if I'm starting Matthew Stafford, there's going to be a couple weeks I lose because he doesn't score much. Um, and I think that's what that that tier or that kind of next tier after the elite is problematic for as well. Well, can, can I jump back into Kane's initial question? He's like, how many of these elite guys you want? For me, Russell Wilson and Matt Stafford are the perfect, the absolute perfect QB2 if if you've got your Justin Herbert or Mahomes. Because you're, to your point, Shane, they may give you a five-point week or worse, but you know damn well there's going to be weeks where when, when you're stacking them with your big-time QB1, they're going to lock up the week for you. And, and that those guys have weak winning, weak upside in, in their in their range of outcomes. So – um, like if I had, like I said, if I had old faithful, like a Patrick Mahomes and you mentioned Dak, I have, I have Dak higher than most people in my rankings to give a, 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 a weak winner QB. I, that's a great stack, but yes, as a QB one, I would be very, very nervous week in and week out as like my go-to. Yeah. It, it makes a ton of sense. I think shifting away from, from quarterbacks just a little bit. Um, one of my favorite pieces to trade for especially uh nowadays before before the season starts which most people aren't trading for running backs i like to trade for running backs this time of year especially those uh older fellows right and here's why right because everyone thinks if an old older fella gets his second or third contract or what have you right right, let's talk james connor perfect example right james connor signs a relatively good sized deal for a running back, right? With good guaranteed money, especially on the first year. But everyone's like, they're drafting a running back, right? It's like they just paid a running back when they didn't have to. And then everyone goes, yeah, they're drafting a running back. But then the price also shows that people think that they're going to draft a running back because you're getting James Connor for a mid second at this point on for a team that, if you're competing, James Conner is a really, really good piece to add to that competing team because it's his backfield for a year. And sure, you can argue that he's not going to put up the same touchdowns because you can't expect him to score. How many did he have? 78 touchdowns or whatever he had this season, right? But like, you, I know you can't expect that every year, but it's still his backfield. And I think I enjoy trading for running backs now, especially those old guys, but am I alone in that camp? I mean, for, for me, something I do, like I was doing this because this is the one thing I, I love about doing a guest spot on this show is there's no show sheet, so you don't know how to how to research. But I, I pulled up a quick website, which is Tankathon, and I'm looking at the Arizona Cardinals picks. They have 23, 55, and 87. Then outside of that, their next pick, their fourth pick in this draft is 200. So if they don't take a running back in those first three picks, it's not a running back of consequence. It's no one that's going to make you nervous for James Conner and his role on this team. And something that I like to do is, you know, you can do your own research is, you know, just throw it in the old Google machine, Arizona Cardinals 2022 draft needs. And they'll tell you. And if running back's not on there and they don't have the picks, I think James Conner's fine, especially if you're in a situation where you're contending or you're projecting to contend. I have no problem with that at all. Because let's let's be real, you're going to be able to trade James Conner for just about the exact same pick you bought him for if you're not contending in the middle of the season. You you, you don't have any um your your return on investment if you require him right now. If you get into week 8 and you decide that your team is not a contender, someone's going to be contending and someone's going to give you, let's say hypothetically you give a mid 2022 second round pick right now today for James Conner. You are going to have no problem going to the GM of a team who's trying to compete, and maybe they lost their RB1 or RB2 to injury at week eight. You're going to have no problem getting their second-round pick for them. If anything, you break even. Maybe you add a third to James Conner, and maybe they're desperate enough they'll give you their 20, 23 first. You don't know, but holding a running back 
in a good offense, there's 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 no real downside. So I I, I agree with your uh, your philosophy here. It's so hard to do. Like it, it is just so hard. I think to invest in running backs. Like you know, and I think it depends on your league format. I have a lot of leagues where I only have to start one. I only want one. You know, I'll I'll fill in the bye week, or and if a guy gets injured, you know, like you said, and you're contending, hey, I can buy James Conner, kind of the same deal. I can buy him in season two. So I think it works both ways. Like I don't think it's a bad move to buy a James Conner, buy a Leonard Fournette who signed a three year deal and is in a good spot, um, and you know, at the same time, I have some Leonard Fournette shares on teams that, eh, you know, aren't quite contenders or I want, I'll give them for 2023 first. A lot of people won't buy that. I'll happily keep them and start them. Right. And so I, th- I think it becomes tough because we know value wise, how quick running backs can turn. And I agree with both Memphis and Kane. I think in season, guys that are producing are still valuable and because teams need them. There's not enough running backs and running backs are going to get hurt. Um, but at the same time, you do have to worry about how, how long do you hold that investment? Like, let's say you contend, let's say you win a title or get second place. You have James Connor. What's he going to be worth a year from now? I don't know. What happens if he gets knocked out for four games, six games, What's he worth a year from now? That's my only fear about trading four running backs. Um, as we always say, if you if you're going for the title, go for it. Don't just because you like Devi, just because you like Dynasty, and I, I've struggled with this for years, and I've I've made some changes. Like go for the title, but there is I think a long term value drop off for a lot of these running backs sooner than they should be, um, which can create value to buy, but also you know you might end up drawing dead down the line too. Yeah. And that's, and that's, um, that's a great point. It's really scary to buy running backs, especially the old running backs that Kane is mentioning, but I also think it's a viable strategy. And I think kind of full circle, the way that you, you like pull that together is you don't buy the pretty ones. You don't buy the expensive ones. You don't spend a first plus on, on a Kamara or a Dalvin cook. Um, you go and buy those ugly ones that have some sort of red flags in their history, but are generally speaking good producers, like like the names that Shane mentioned, like Fournette, like James Conner. Um, and there are other guys like that too, a guy like Melvin Gordon. Um, and you can get these guys for a second, two seconds, um, not everywhere, but some places. And and so if they go and get hurt, which is it's a it's a big possibility. I mean, they're in their late twenties, they're they've gotten a lot of work in the NFL. It can happen. You're losing a second, you know, you're not losing a first, you're not losing two firsts if you go and buy one of the pretty names. So I think that's a great way to kind of apply that strategy. And can I add one last thing? Potentially instead of trying to get James Conner, there's not going to be much of an equity swing. If you get the next, if you get, if you go get James Conner, who's the next James Conner? Who's the current free agent that no one's drafting right now? I uh, heard yesterday Marlon Mack was visiting the Houston Texans. You know, if you go get Marlon Mack for free, he, you know, depends on how shallow your rosters are. He could be on the waiver wire. If you go get him for a fourth or a fifth and he becomes the lead back for somebody, then you can turn a fourth or a fifth into maybe a second in season. Much, much less risk, much, much less capital invested with, with much more upside, but I also don't mind Kane's philosophy. Again, the, the more – because if James Conner avoids a, a running back of significance in the draft, what happens to his price? Like it goes up. More information. So you you, you got to speculate a little bit in this game because as information becomes more available, that adjusts the price. So I, I, I agree with uh, – I, I agree and, and wanted to add two. I think one of my other favorite moves right now when it comes to the running back position – is 100% let me trade that low-end tier two, high-end tier three running back right now, right? Whether that's your Joe Mixons, your your J.K. Dobbins, your Antonio Gibsons, your any of those guys, right? Give me Leonard Fournette plus a first, right? Give me the guy that's going to match their production for two years plus something on top, right? If everything goes right and everyone stays healthy, Leonard Fournette could outscore Antonio Gibson. 
I mean, he did last year. He was the R right. when he when he got hurt. I think it was week. I, I should know this because it cost me a couple of championships because I was a big investor in Leonard Fournette last year. Like it was week week fifteen when he got hurt. You know, he was the RB five on the season. Didn't play the last two regular season games and still ended up as like a top eight running back. I mean, you you don't get. You will never get the 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 payoff on Leonard Fournette that will equal the points in your roster each and every week. Right. And I don't care where that first is, right? I don't care if it's a 22 first. I don't care if it's a 23 first. Hell, I don't care if it's a 24 first, right? But I just added a whole lot of equity that is going to only increase in price from here until that pick is ha- has to be made. And I didn't lose any points. And by leveraging one of the most... Um, I don't say fragile, one of the most um, uh, widest range of outcome positions in, in Dynasty. You know, the, the guy who's the cat's meow right now could be so out of favor this time next year. And you're still getting points and you're still contending, but you're also rebuilding your war chest of picks. So there's there's a lot of ways to go about it. Nelly, do the analytics support this idea? Uh, absolutely. Just in the sense that like, like Memphis said, the position is so volatile, you know, we're so much more confident in our ability to predict next year's future points, especially at the running back position where there are injuries than, than we should be. So when you can peer down and not lose that much in terms of expected points the next year and, and pick up that, that, that leveraged asset in the first you're doing, you're doing fantastic. Well, and, and again, back to the running back position, I'm just looking at my personal rankings. If a guy like DeAndre Swift is having maybe not a great start to the season, but a good start to the season, and he tears an ACL week eight, and then the same thing, you know, the same thing happens to a Jamar Chase or a Justin Jefferson. The the fall down dynasty rankings for the wide receivers is not going to be that bad. Maybe they go from the top one or two down to like maybe five. But if a, a, a DeAndre Swift tears an ACL this time next year, he could be on the fringe of RB one territory. So, so you're 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 getting equal points, but you're insulating yourself um, against the worst case scenario by getting that first. So, I, I think it's a savvy strategy. Shane, you have running back thoughts. I'm with you actually. While you're talking, I tried to see where I have Gibson to offer him from Fournette in the first. And uh, I have Fournette on that team too. So I just, uh, you know, <laughs> stick myself. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's fine. It's fine. We can have them both. No, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think when you can add, when you can add that like 23 first, we can get that pick, right? Where that pick is going to be valuable. Like you said, even a 22 late first, when we were like, eh, I don't know if I love it. I mean, that pick's going to have value and you get production out of it. I mean, go back and look at running back rankings from two years ago. Just just go look at who's there. I mean, it's it's vastly, vastly different. And the guys that are the same, their values have wildly swung, you know, Dalvin Cook, many different ways from here to there. So, like, there's always going to be an opportunity, I think, to regain that value. Whereas that pick, that value is insulated. You know, you're going to keep that if you want to trade it it's always going to be valuable. And if you want to keep it, then you can, you know, use it on a younger running back or receiver or get a better position. So, uh, so I look, you know, I, I think even like a Joe Mixon for Elijah Mitchell in a first, you know, I, I would look to do that. Like, I think those type of players, um, I think maybe even like a guy like AJ Dillon is, is a target or David Montgomery that people see, people just hate David Montgomery. All he does is produce week in, week out. You could probably get him in a first for one of these, you know, like you said, bottom of tier one. Uh, yeah, I love it. And, did, you and know, for, did you know that, real quick, did you know that you could trade Trey Lance and David Montgomery for Kyler Murray? You can do that. Kane has. I, I, I Okay. I, I was just going to say, and and if, if you decide you need more running back or maybe you need wide receiver depth in like midseason, guess what you can use to go out and buy additional help? That 2023 first that you got in this initial deal. There's so many more. Remember those books when you were a kid, those um, choose your own adventure? 
you know, making this deal now by moving the brand name or the hotter name, it gives you so many more outs. You know, Shane used a poker term earlier. It gives you so many more outs and you're not drawing dead by by making this move. Uh, good call, Kane. Thank you. Well, let, let's talk strategy real quick, right? Because we all enjoy the strategy portion of, of Dynasty. Um, so let's just say, you know, best strategy tip that you got. I'll, I'll go first since I just sprung this on you guys. Because remember, we never have a show sheet. So no one knew this question is coming. Um, I'm, I'm just going to share, you know, we talk a lot about uh, deep leagues, right? And, and deep starting rosters, right? The start 11, start 12s that, that some of us are starting to play in. Um, there's still a lot of those start eight, start nines, right? That, that just came from a redraft league to a dynasty league right, where they kept just about all the same stuff and just moved it over to Dynasty, which is awesome. We're glad to have you in the Dynasty space. But uh, top-tier assets mean a whole lot more when you can only start about seven or eight players than it does in a start 12, start 13 league. Like, just keep that in mind. So if, if we're talking about, like, even even quarterbacks, Right. Let's say let's say it's a one quarterback league, which I'm not sure. I still play in a couple one quarterback leagues. I know Shane does as well. Um, having a guy like Josh Allen, like Mahomes, like what Tom Brady has done over the past couple of years with the Bucks, right? Justin Herbert's the top top tier quarterbacks that we started this conversation talking about. Like those matter a ton in one quarterback leagues that no one thinks about because they're they're putting up you know, five, six points more than the replacement level quarterback that, that you'd be having on your team. So uh, kind of a sneaky play in those one quarterback leagues is to, uh, you know, whether that's tearing down from a running back that you think has projected the same points and tearing up at the quarterback position. Like that's not a bad move if you want to make the push in a one quarterback league. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't hate that. My, mine is, uh, we kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier. This is something I do the minute season the season ends. I start looking at guys who are going to have a change in their in their future. Again, we you know we, we there's always going to be a lot, at least with our show, the Dynasty Warzone, there's always going to be a lot of uh, tie-in to the financial world, to the game of poker, anything with incomplete information. Because if you wait until all the information's known, it's going to be baked into the price, right? So I like going out and trying to figure out, okay, great, Cooper Cup. No one saw Cooper Cup finishing as the not only the wide receiver one, but the number one scoring point producer in all of fantasy sports last year. Okay, I'm going out and looking for the next Cooper Cup. Instead of going, and then you can go a layer deeper. Like a guy I love right now, you were mentioning the, uh, the old school running back and and a first for a premium guy. Why not Aaron Jones? Why not Aaron Jones? Who in the blue hell is is Aaron Rodgers going to throw the ball to? But Aaron Jones. It's Aaron Jones, Robert Tanyan, and question mark. And I think Aaron Jones, from a PPR standpoint, is going to have a huge season. But you know what? You're not hearing a lot about that right now. So there's value. I just I I love cheap things. I love now for you all. It's a little bit different. This is a Debbie podcast. And you don't want to give up those third and fourths. But if you have your Debbie League on one side and then your standard Dynasty League on the other, that's when I love giving thirds and fourths and fifths for guys that I've seen do it or got like if you're in a tight end premium and you got the 304, go throw that son of a bitch at the guy who's got Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper. I mean, we've seen Jeff Swaim and, and, and Anthony Ferkser have tight end one weeks in that Tennessee offense. And now you're going to add a guy like Austin Hooper. Hello, but these are the things that no one's talking about. But you have to do that work. You have to do, uh, or listen to the Dynasty War Zone in you know February because we do that too. But those are the things I, I like cheap things because that's where you build equity on your Dynasty roster. You buy them now, and then you either flip them in season or next season at a tidy profit, and that's how you continue to uh, get those premium pieces that Kane was talking about. Like I, I like both. I like both of this. You guys just have it. I, I, I've been so busy with the draft stuff. I'm like, man, I haven't proposed enough trades. That's what, the, that's what this podcast made me feel like. My, mine is 
rebuilding isn't the only type of mode where you have you can buy picks. Like you can be a contender and get picks. You know, uh, I have plenty of teams where I have a really good team, contended last year, maybe didn't win it, maybe I did. And, you know, in these leagues, we have to decide brag, on who you're... Bro. Yeah, look, like, yeah, maybe I want a couple. Maybe I want a couple. Maybe half my leagues, you know, I just traded everything and uh, was last. So let's, let's not look at the whole situation. Yeah, don't look at the whole picture. <laughs> ain't worth it. But, you know, I have plenty of teams like that where, you know, when I have to make weekly starting decisions and I have too many receivers or too many running backs or whatever, sometimes that's painful. And so... I will trade some of those players for 2023 first and my team will still contend. Maybe I'm a lot thinner and that's okay. And I can always make those moves in season. Like we talked about for James Conner, for an older running back, whatever I'll, I'll make those moves, but guess what? The 2023 class is going to have rookies that will contribute. I invested a ton of picks into the 2020 class. I contended year one. Cause I had Jonathan Taylor. Cause I had Deandre Swift, you know, it, you don't, you don't need to wait on some of these players. And I think that's sometimes the thing is people are like, I'm a win. Now I got to trade away all my picks. I got to trade away my future picks. Got to try to win. You, you can win with a good roster and get picks. And then in 2023, your team's going to be an absolute God monster. You know, you can go for that too. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Nelly, your turn. Yeah. Um, well, first, I want to shout out Memphis for that Aaron Jones call. That's a that's a great ugly vet. That's a good that's a good trade for. He was on the top of my mind as well. Um, this actually kind of goes off of Memphis's strategy as well in terms of like good ways to pick up value throughout the season. And and it kind of stems from I was I was looking at my dynasty rosters right, and on a lot of my rosters I have guys like like Zay Jones, James Washington, Donovan Peoples Jones, and. I'm never going to start these guys. They're literally sitting on my bench to forever sit on my bench because they shouldn't be on the waiver wire because they play in through one while they might be relevant, but they're literally a waste of a roster spot when you think about the actual application of them. So it's the strategy to be taken away from here is get rid of those guys. See if you can send them for thirds or fourth, get rid of them, fill your, fill your, your roster, the depth of your roster with running backs and there are going to be a lot of them coming out in this 22 class who aren't starters but are maybe an injury away from relevant fill your roster with with guys who are an injury away or running backs who who can potentially stack in value with an injury or with some sort of value raise throughout the season that's where you gain your value um additionally other good uses of roster spots are are quarterbacks who um, are a little bit unlikely. They might not have a starting shot right now, but you know, they they might have a shot to start in the future and be relevant. Like like guys like Trubisky and Mariota were guys that were great to have on your roster this past year because they were so cheap and they weren't doing anything for you. But now they're worth a couple seconds. It, maybe the season starts, they play well in a couple games because they have fantasy-friendly skill sets. You can, might be able to move them for first. Who knows? But the point is, that's how you gain value. Like, just take advantage of the roster spots you have and and figure out how they can gain in value. Yeah, I'm, one, one of my things is buy bad news. Always buy bad news. Like Baker Mayfield, is, is there a QB more down on his luck right now than Baker Mayfield? Go ask. You know, just go out and just ask. And, and, you know, maybe he gets a starting job this year or maybe, you know, he's going to be a free agent this time next year. He can pick his own location. So you can you have that gap year like Trubisky. I think that's a great call, especially in Superflex, because QBs are always worth something. Especially those backups. Like those 14 yeah. team leagues, you're, you're, you're trading backups for a late second in some leagues. Why Why are more people not talking about going to get Jacoby Brissett? I think it all stands – we can all agree that it looks like Deshaun Watson will be suspended somewhere between four, six, eight, maybe even the whole season. He's anticipating it, right? Because look at the way they they structured his salary. His base salary is a million dollars. 
so that if he gets suspended, the NFL can only find him $55,000 per game. So it's he he's already under the impression he's going to miss time. So why aren't you interested in Jacoby Brissett? Or if you have Jacoby, why aren't you talking to the Watson GM and go, hey, what do you give me? What do you give me? You mean, obviously, you're, you're counting on him. Give, give me give me 304. It's a free third. So it's a great way to look at it in Superflex. 100%. But we got to do the the only time I ever learn anything. Shane. What can you teach me? Well, I'll get a little personal today because I was okay. over my parents' house. My dad listens to the show, by the way. So shout hey, out to hey, my thanks, dad. dad. Um, and uh, you know, my my grandfather on my mom's side was uh, in World War II. He was in the 12th uh, Armor Division, and um, she had just gotten from her stepbrother a bunch of stuff that like he had. And I'm, I'm telling you, like for a history guy like me, it was crazy. Like, there's a picture of him. Uh, with a like Nazi, just like hood ornament, like Hitler's car hood ornament kind of thing that they found in a car in a town. He just took it off because that's the kind of guy he was and just like took it home with him. And there's like stuff that, you know, he, he part of the 12th Armored Division, they actually went in to the concentration camps after and liberated those. And there were things in his personal stuff that like, he clearly just stole out of desks of just Nazi officers, like awards that this Nazi officer had won and like ration stamps for the Nazi army, uh, for their army. And it was, you know, there was a, um, a German red cross, uh, like arm sash that probably took off some, you know, dead guy. Um, but like, just to, to go through, like, I like World War II, but I've never gone super in-depth. And to see, like, a guy that I grew up with, the pictures of him training and going through all this, like, it's super cool. I think if you have someone that, uh, you know, had has had been your life or has been your life, maybe you didn't even know a grandfather, great-grandparent. Man, I, I think it's something, even if you're not into history, to, like, go back and see some of these generations that were in World War One, World War Two, Vietnam, uh, and some of the, you know, Obviously, really tough things they went through, but uh, there's a lot of kind of game changing things too. And that was uh, it was it was a really cool weekend going through some of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, but remember, fuck Nazis. Yeah, that's you. Big big part of this podcast. Uh, <laughs> we're um, officially anti that. <laughs> we're not anti much. <laughs> we're taking we a strong stance here <laughs> yeah one of the few stances we'll take is fuck not uh, we, we we don't have hard hard takes often um but but they're out um l- let's dive into our buy sells and our unknown stocks here um shane you want to kick us off first buy sell unknown stock who you buy and who you sell and who you just not know what to do with yeah, so my buy kind of playing off Memphis and Nelly both. Um, I think those ugly quarterbacks, the Trubisky's, the Marcus Mariotas, buy them after the NFL draft. The Steelers are going to draft a quarterback. Mitch Trubisky's value is going to plummet. Just buy him. He's going to start all year, right? Like buy Marcus Mariota. He's probably going to start most of the season in your super flex leagues. Buy those guys. They're going to be useful to you, and they'll be super cheap after the NFL draft. My sell is uh, Clyde edwards Lair, Like, I feel like there's a perception that he has no value anymore. Ronald Jones signed and everyone's like, I don't like CEH, but I just saw him got moved. Um, essentially, uh, CEH in a 2023 third and a one quarterback for the 107. Like there are people still will pay a 2023 first. They'll still pay a decent 2022 first for him. And I would, I would take it and run. I think you can still sell him for that in many leagues. You know, carpet bomb that offer CH for the 2023 first to all 11 owners. If you still have them, I think you can get it and it's worth it. And my unknown is Jerry Judy, man. I, I just, I don't know what to make. You know, uh, we've talked in the discord, which you should join if you haven't. Um, he's, he's a good player. He has Russell Wilson, but it almost feels like he might be the third, fourth wheel in this offense. And that's, that's kind of scary, but I still like him. I don't know. Nelly. Who are your guys here? Yeah, so I got one more ugly running back, and it's someone who I actually tweeted tweeted out about midseason. I said, 
I can't believe people still believe in Rashad Penny. And then he went out and he performed very strong down the stretch. And and he's back with Seattle. We know Pete Carroll's going to run the ball because that's what Pete Carroll does. And frankly, whenever he's been healthy, he's been good. So all you're doing is you're taking a very cheap uh, second round pick bet on him being healthy. Um, and and I'm willing to do that. So I'm buying him. Um, I'm selling Austin Eckler uh, because Austin Eckler is fancy Aaron Jones. You know, he's Aaron Jones with uh, with a more favorable view in the public eye right now. And it's not to say that Austin Eckler isn't really good. It's just he's not that much different than guys that you can get for cheaper. Um, my unknown is is Trey Lance. Uh, I'm really torn on him. Because Shut your I mouth. Love I know. Well, it, I, I really like him, right? Like, I love the rushing upside. Um, but he's just so expensive. And I just, there, I have smart, I have smart people that I try and listen to. And they're all over the place on this. So I, I don't know what to do with him. I don't know what to do with him at that cost, but I love the prospect. So, so I don't know. You tell me. Don't make me tell his mom. I'll go right over to his mom's house right now. Just a couple blocks away. Like this nerd. Just, just This nerd <laughs> said he didn't believe in your son. Please don't do that. <laughs> Memphis, who are your guys? Uh, I, I like old people and I like cheap people. And uh, in the third round of non-Devy rookie drafts, I'm going to be looking to pick up Mr. Adam Thielen. He restructured his contract. You're going to get one more year out of him. And before he got the high ankle sprain in week 13, so weeks 1 through 12, Adam Thielen was the wide receiver 7 through the first 12 weeks of the season. And that's uh, pretty, pretty good. Right there on pace through that same time frame with a guy named Jamar Chase. Not saying that Adam Thielen's Jamar Chase. I'm just saying that if you like 17 PPR points a game, cheap, Adam Thielen may be your guy. My big sell, Juju Smith-Schuster. I need to go out to all the dynasty gamers that love Juju and hit him with that little light gimmick. Well, got to be careful with how you say hit and then the name Will Smith from Men in Black where like he erases your mind. We got to get that 1,412 out of your your memory. This is a guy who signed a one-year deal, a team that's got two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a draft that is absolutely loaded with wide receiver. They gave MVS the better contract. McCole Hardman's still there. Travis Kelsey, still the apple of Patrick Mahomes' eye. You know, we're going to look at Juju after the NFL draft, kind of like uh, kind of like we've been saying all along, and be like, damn it, we, we had the window. We had the chance to move Juju, and we didn't do it. And this is, you know, back-to-back one-year deals. And then the guy I'm torn on is Zach Wilson. You know, I love the fact that the Jets continue to try, and that's the key word, is try, to surround this guy with help. They brought in guard Lakin Tomlinson from the 49ers offensive line. Um, they drafted a wide receiver high last year. There's, you know, there's thoughts they're going to draft another wide receiver this year. They're at least trying to surround this guy. The, they were in on the Tyreek Hill thing. The Jets clearly want to invest in giving this guy every opportunity to succeed, but he didn't look very good last year, so I really don't know what to do with Zach Wilson. Yeah, that, that's fair. You know what? I'm probably going to be the only person out there that's going to say to buy this player. I'm outside of my uh, good friend, Bean Counter. So we're going some analytics here, baby. Uh, Christian Kirk. Right? I realize that Christian Kirk didn't deserve the contract he got. Right? I get that. But the Jaguars think... He deserved that contract. So I'm totally fine giving up something for him, right? Because you're looking at probably a mid-second and a third for a guy that's supposed to be the wide receiver one on an offense that is going to like to throw the ball because their defense sucks. So I don't mind paying that price and hoping that I can get a a wide receiver two for a mid-second and a mid-third. I don't mind that at all. Because you're gonna, you're gonna have that wide receiver too, uh, in Christian Kirk, uh, for a few years. He's 25, um, so I'm totally fine taking that bet. Um, 
someone that I'm I'm probably selling. Uh ooh. I think I'm out on Michael Carter. Um because he's young and old people are outscoring him. Right? Like so if I can if I can just move down and and get production especially on a team that I'm competing with, I I'll probably do that. I think it's it's a toss up, right? On who's actually more valuable once the season starts, Michael Carter or James Conner. You know, so I, I think that's interesting to me. A guy I don't know what to do with. Um, I seem to value him a little bit higher than than most people. Um, and that's Cortland Sutton. Like, I, I, what do you do with Cortland Sutton, right? I believe that he's the wide receiver one in that offense. But you can't get anyone to pay that he's the wide receiver one in that offense until he performs like the wide receiver one in the offense. But then you're not going to be able to get anyone to pay that price because he's already done it, and no one wants to pay that price anymore. Can I can I can I chip in real quick on Cortland Sutton? Yeah. Nobody wants to pay you a wide receiver one valuation if you're trying to move him, which is fine. You know, you you value your player, but but no one wants to sell for a wide receiver two. If, if, exactly. If you're, if you're buying, you have to pay wide receiver one prices. But if you're selling, you have to settle for wide receiver two prices. It's he's he's in that weird vacuum. I love that one. Uh, like, and that makes me think, like, oh, he should be a buy. But you can't actually buy Cortland Sutton. You can't buy him. You can't sell him for what he's worth. So, like, I guess you're stuck holding Cortland Sutton, just knowing that if he hits with Russell Wilson, you can't actually sell him for what he's worth either. It's a fun one, uh, but but uh, that's what we got. So Memphis, just want to say thank you so much for joining the uh, the pod. Feel free to uh, let the people know where they can find you, where they can find all your work over the DWZ and all all that fun stuff. Yeah, we do the Dynasty War Zone. Um, myself and my co-host, Mister Jerry Sinclair, we've uh, we're almost like four years straight, never missed a Wednesday. So if you like your content. Uh, we've 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 had both Kane and, and Shane on. We're gonna get Nelly on there with that anal- analytics point of view. Um, we got rookie season kicking off, and uh, we got we got a lot of good stuff, you know, going on. Um, but just check out the Dynasty War Zone. Uh, you'll you'll get all the boring promotional stuff there in the first five minutes. But thank you guys so much for having me on. See, you guys think that we're here to uh, inform you about Dynasty and Devi fantasy football. That's just a ruse. We like hanging out. We enjoy each other's company. And uh, it's good to talk ball with my friends. So great to see you guys. Thanks for having me on. Hey, good to see you too, buddy. But that's it for us. Thank you so much for listening. And we appreciate every single one of you.